Welcome to our messages online. We have entered into a new sermon series called A Season of Grace. Today, Pastor Scott continues our series in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Good morning, church family. It's good to see you today. Good to see you today. Anybody needy in here this morning? Besides, Okay, come on. Let me just raise your hand. Yeah, needy. All right, good. You're in the right place today. And uh, if you don't think you're needy, um, I'll show you that you are. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, we are going to continue in a season of grace. This is where we've been recently, and we will be in this season uh, up through Christmas. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. So grab your Bible. If you didn't bring one, don't have one, grab the one sitting in front of you. We're going to be on page 977. And if you don't have your own Bible, then take the one sitting in front of you. Put your name in it. This is your Bible now and uh, a little early Christmas gift from us to you. But uh, you take that Bible. We're going to be in this today, and I want you to see some great truths. Today I want to accomplish a few things. I want to help prepare you for Thanksgiving. Kind of a weird day where, uh, you know, one day where we give thanks, but we're called actually to give thanks in all circumstances. That means every single day in every situation. But we're going to get ready for this special day, and that might mean that you're hanging out with some people that really bug you and drive you crazy. And so I want to prepare you for Thanksgiving. I want to prepare you for a week of thankfulness today as we look into God's Word, show you reasons to give thanks. Also today we will take our special offering, our mission special offering at the end of the service. So if you would quickly look into your worship program that you received and grab this white envelope. Would you do this right now for me? Just uh, make sure that you got one of these envelopes. And I want to talk about what's in that envelope, so don't look inside it right now. No, no, no. Put that card back in. Put that card back in. All right. I just said, Simon says, just grab the envelope, not open the envelope. All right. So if you just take that and have it handy, because when, when I'm done uh, preaching, I want to then talk about this envelope. So just put it in a handy place. I'll put it in my back pocket and then I'm sure it won't leave me there. All right, uh, and what we want to do is we will take our special offering that we have done for the last, uh, well, we've done this kind of a special offering for our community and for Mexico, a church that we have a relationship with there, and Sierra Leone, we have put in 10 water wells over the years uh, with a country that struggles to have clean water. And so we'll take that special offering at the end of the service. Anyway, uh, we'll keep that aside. There's also in your worship program this white insert. Would you grab that real quickly also? I want to have you look at that. We gave this to you last week, and this is a way that you can get involved in our Christmas compassion effort, showing compassion in our community over the next month and a half. And on the back of that, it says you can... Uh, sign up and serve in a variety of ways. And so I'd like you to look at that sometime today, but preferably not when I'm sharing the Word of God with you. But anyway, I, I would like you to uh, take that. If you haven't already, or if you have done this last week, just give it to the person right now sitting next to you and say, you fill this out. I've already done that. Go ahead and do that. Just say, I filled this out. But if you haven't filled that out yet, if you haven't done that, you do that today 
there's a lot of ways that you can get involved in our Christmas compassion efforts. One of those, and I'm just going to speak on one of those real quickly, is that we are asking, we're going to make food boxes like this one here. We are asking 90 of you to sign up to deliver deliver to your a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, a classmate, a family member. And so we need 90 of you to sign up to say, oh, I know somebody I work with. I know somebody in my neighborhood that could use a little boost during this season to, to receive some compassion, some love. It'd be a good way for me to strike up a conversation with him because I haven't been able to talk to him in a while, whatever it might be. But after the service today out in our foyer, there's sign-ups for that. And we want you to sign up. 90 of you. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. I need you to get sign up to deliver a box. I know the Lord's putting names on your heart. And some of you are just like, nah, I don't want to do that. You do it. You do it. And so after the service today, you can sign up for that. All right. I think that's all I need to say about Christmas Compassion there. Um, oh, last thing I want to do is, uh, have you noticed our welcome team wearing these shirts that say, hello, my name is, and I appreciate many of you wearing your name tags for November. Have you seen these shirts? I see a couple of them right here. Hello, my name is from Willamette Community Church. Um, I want to give out a little gift today. I want to give out a large shirt. And uh, so all I need for that is somebody who would say, I want one, but I'm going to ask that you... You don't even know what I'm going to ask you to do with this. I want you to wear it today. I want you to wear it today. So, uh, who, okay, man, I, I'm going back there, all right? Inez, duck. I don't want to hit you, all right? Joanne, here you go. I, oh, good job. Good. Uh, Inez, I warned you. Good job. Um, all right, the rest, if you, what about, I think I got one more. Extra large, extra large. All right. All right, uh, right there, young lady in the blonde hair. All right, Vivian, you're going to have to duck now, all right, because I don't want to hit you. I mean, this, this, okay, here we go. Oh, man, okay. All right, Bruce, if you'd, there we go, there we go. Now, if you didn't get one of those and you want one, go ahead and write on your connection card. Say, I want one of those shirts, and we will work to get you one of those shirts. You can put your size on it, all right? Take that connection card and... Uh, Put that on there. Put it in the joy box, and we'll see what we can do. Get you one of those shirts. All right. That's all the fun we're going to do today. All right. Today we're going to continue to talk about grace. Grace, this idea that God would stoop down, that God would bend down, and that he would show favor to us in our lives. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And I just want you to think for a moment and, and just understand your need for this and say, oh, I especially right now, today, in this season, I need God to stoop down into my life. And God has done this. God did this in the sending of his son. But God's still in the business of this today. How many today realize, okay, I, I'm a great recipient of God's grace. I, I could use him coming down and bending down into my life. All right. Frankly, every one of us should be there. And good news for you is this is who God is. This is who God is. On your notes, it shows a passage from John chapter 1. And it says this, that the word, Jesus, that he became flesh, he became a human, and he lived among us. He descended from heaven, bent down, stooped down to show grace. And it goes on to say in that passage that Jesus was full of grace 
and truth. And so the Jesus that we're reading about today, the Jesus that we're worshiping, the Jesus that we claim as our Savior, he is one who is full of grace. And he says, oh, if you want it, I got this. In fact, I got it out of my fullness. I pour grace upon grace upon grace. And so today, if you're needy, you're in the right place. Last week, we looked at this is how God operates. He operates out of a a position of grace. He sees those who need it, and he offers that. He bends down, and he shows unlimited kindness toward our helpless poverty. Our helpless poverty. The reality is he wants to show us our helpless poverty. A lot of us would say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in poverty. Uh, you wouldn't even want to claim that possibly. But last week we looked at spiritually we were bankrupt. Spiritually we were dead. There was poverty. And it's actually good to acknowledge some poverty because that's where God is good at. He, with his unlimited kindness, gives grace, pours out this towards our helpless poverty. And so it is who God is, it's how he operates, it's seen in our salvation. For those of you who have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that was an act of grace. For by grace you've been saved. You didn't earn it, you didn't work at it, you could have never attained it on your own. It just, it wasn't possible. It was God going down and rescuing you. But it's not only seen in our salvation, it's seen in his strengthening of us. We get to the point where we just say, I can't do this anymore. Whatever the this is, and he goes, good. I want you in that place of poverty because I want to strengthen you. I want to extend grace to you. Well, today I want to share another aspect of grace because grace is the gift that keeps on giving. Grace is this gift that is meant to be given and received, but that it keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. Now, with Black Friday looming and Christmas coming up, maybe you're asking, what's the perfect gift to give to somebody? You're wondering about that, and you're thinking, how can I get the perfect gift, and let's be honest, how can I do it on the cheap, all right? I'd rather not go into debt. That was never the plan for Christmas. That was never God's idea. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to rescue the world. And the Americans are going into debt over this. That was never his plan. And so we're trying to do this. Uh, economically in a sound way there. But there are lots of good gifts that you're thinking of giving. A lot of good gifts. Frankly, there are a lot of thoughtless gifts too. That's not what grace is. It's a good gift, but it's not thoughtless. Some of the gifts we give are consumed quickly. All right, Each year for Christmas, my wife gets me one pack of grape licorice. The idea is I'm going to bless you, Scott, and I know that it will be consumed before dinner tonight. All right? Sometimes gifts are consumed quickly. Sometimes gifts wear out. The socks I get, they wear out. Things like that. But grace, grace is the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just consumed once and gone. It's not worn. It doesn't wear out. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And I want to look at that today. Because if we grow in our understanding of what grace is, if we grow in our understanding and see our need, I need the grace of God. Not only did I need it for for salvation, but I need it over and over and over. If you and I would grow in our understanding and see our need for this, and if we would see the beauty of God's grace, we're going to grow closer to God. It will happen. 
We'll put ourselves in that needy position saying, God, I need, I need, I need from you. I'm needy. In fact, raise your hand out if you would this morning and say, I want to grow closer to God. Let me raise your hand. As you're expecting a gift, not just raise your hand like I'm noticing, I'm noticing you. To God, say, I, I want to grow closer to you. And he says, I want to pour out grace to you even today. In fact, would you repeat that phrase after me? I want to grow closer to God. And if you have that mentality, he says, oh, that's what I want for you too. In the last two weeks, we've talked about grace as something to be received. Go ahead and do this if you would. Receive. But it's also something to be extended. Do this. Do this. All right? Don't hit the person next to you. But grace is to be received, and it is to be extended. It's to be received one time for the salvation of your soul, but then it's to be received over and over and over. God, I am needy. I need you to bend down and stoop down into my life. I am needy of this. I need to receive this. And the idea is that it is to be extended. Write those two words down if you're taking notes today. Receive and extend. To extend this gift that keeps on giving. Receive and extend. Now as we get to Ephesians chapter 4, let me do a quick setup for you. In the first three chapters of this letter that the Apostle Paul writes, he says, I want you to know that God has graciously included you into his family. Really has. Thank you, Jesus. If you need a reason to sit around the table and say thank you, thank God that he's included you into his family. He has. There will be a great banquet one day, and it won't just be one day a year, but we're going to gather around this banquet. God has included you, graciously included you. God has graciously stooped down, bent down to save you from your sins. He did this in the giving of his sons. Thank you, Jesus. He graciously stooped down to humble us, causing us to hunger so that he could feed us. That's what we talked about last week. Thank you, Jesus, that you care enough that not only do you want to feed me, but you want to cause me to hunger. You want to humble me so that you see that I need from you. And God graciously stooped down to equip you and me to join him in the building of his church, to join him in the building of his body, his kingdom. We'll talk about that today. Today, grace is how God equips. It's how he equips us. I want you to write this down and consider this with me today, that grace is how God equips. Ephesians chapter 4, page 977. Repeat after me if this is you. I'm ready for the word. Now say it this time. Come on. Like you... Yeah, that sounded like you were ready for some homework in seventh grade. Come on. I'm ready for the word. Okay, I'm ready to teach some of this to you then today. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. The apostle Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. Again, he's writing as a prisoner here. I urge you to walk or live in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Live with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Before I go on, I just thought, man, that, th those are some good words that you, you and I should ask God for even this week. You're going to be surrounded with some very difficult people called family. All right. Look at those words. Humility, mm, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. 
And then he goes on in verse 4, and I, I want to teach you just a little trick. When you're reading the Bible, look for certain words that are repeated because the author is usually trying to get across a point. He says a few words here as we read the next few verses. Verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Yeah, Paul's saying, I, I want you to catch something here, church, that we are a part of one big family. We really are. Not just one local church, but really we're a part of something much larger. It's generational. We're a part of this one thing. One Lord Jesus over all of this. And Paul is saying we belong to this one family and there's unity in there. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to say to the person sitting next to you, you're part of my family. Go ahead. And go ahead and say to the person sitting on the other side of you, say, you're part of my family too. Another reason why you shouldn't sit by yourself at church on Sunday. So it's like, no one, no one around. Verse 7. So he's talking about this unity, but in verse 7, he says a couple of our favorite words. The word but and the word grace. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. He says, yes, uh, we are one. There's one big family, one father over all of this. But I want you to know this, that in this one church, this one body, this one kingdom, I want you to know that God gave grace to every single one of us. Every single one of us is important to God. It's not that you're just big part of a group and you've got an assigned number. But no, you matter to God. You matter to God. And when Paul writes this, he says, I want you to know, church, grace was given to each one of us. Yes, unity is important to God, but every single person is important to God. Sometimes you even walk into this building and think, man, no one says hi, no one knows my name. Maybe not. Maybe you need to reach out a little bit too. But I want you to know you are important to God. And God has poured out grace to you. And Paul wants us to know this here. He knows you. Today he knows your struggle. He knows what you're battling with. He knows your hurts right now. He does. Not everybody else in this room. In fact, some of you try to fake it and act like everything's fine, but he knows you and he knows your hurts today. And though we are one, grace was given to each one. Write this down. Grace was given to each one. God stooped down with every single one of us in mind. Yeah, you. With you in mind. Again, he's not kicking crumbs and saying, hey, anybody who wants a crumb, here it is. He was stooping down for you. He was. Every single person matters to God. And what happens is he equips each believer in Christ with specific grace. He pours out grace upon grace to individuals. He doesn't just say, hey, here it is. Who wants it? He's pouring out specific grace. Now, let's be honest. Some of you might look in this room and go, okay, I know that God poured out grace to him. Or I think God poured out grace to her. But I don't know if he's poured out that much grace to me. 
Sometimes we feel that way. I want you to know he has. But don't look in your garage for that grace. Don't look in the pantry for that grace. Don't look in the bank account and say, where's the grace, God? Because that's not where he pours out the grace. Yes, sometimes there are some nice gifts that way. But don't look in those places. In fact, if you're looking for a place to look, go back to the beginning of this letter and read the first 14 verses. Okay, Just write this down, verses 1 through 14 to start this letter. That's where he's pouring out specific grace to you, spiritual blessings to you. I want you to say to the person sitting next to you, grace was given to you. Go ahead. And now I want you to say to yourself, grace was given to me. Say it. Those are two great sermons that you can preach every day. You can look at people and say, I want you to know grace was given to you. God's grace has been poured out to you. You need to say that to people because there are people all around your lives that say, uh, nothing is going well. In fact, I'm just going to rat out a couple of our older saints that I was talking to out there before the service, and they said, we're just having a little pity party for ourselves and you know, complaining about life or something to that effect. And the message they needed to say to each other was, you know what, grace has been given to you. Yes, I know life is difficult, but grace has been given to you. And the second most important message is the one you preach to yourself that says, grace was given to me. Because we start saying, oh, I, um, I got nothing. No, grace has been given to you. And so thank you, Jesus, for bending down, for stooping down into our lives, showing specific favor to each of us, this grace that keeps on giving. I was thinking about this as... Uh, have I received gifts that felt like I was just getting the same one everybody got? And I thought, yeah. Because I like going to baseball games, as some of you know. And the games I like to go to are the ones where they have giveaways. Because I feel like I get a little more for my money worth, right? I mean, yes, I'm going to go and collect dirty cups after the game, those souvenir cups. I'm going to collect those. But when they have giveaways, it's like... Bring on some more gifts. I want a gift. And so I go to bobblehead nights, you know, and I've got a collection of those. But one night they said up in Seattle, we're doing fedora night. Fedora night. I'm like, you know, I could start sporting a fedora. You know, that might make me look handsome. So anyway, we get there a little late, and sure enough, we made it in time to get a fedora. But they only had the junior size fedora left. So they said, here's your Mariner's fedora, and I put it on my hat, and it looked like a thimble. (laughs) I'm like, this is just not the look I was hoping for. It's not on my Instagram. Trust me, I did not take a picture of this one. But I went around, and I said, there's got to be another place that would have one for me that would fit me. And so I went around, and finally I found, I said, could I trade in my little six-year-old kitty fedora for a grown-up man fedora? And sure enough, they gave me one, and I sported that thing all night. Looked so good. And I want you to know that when God gives gifts, he doesn't say, okay, everybody here. Oh, ran out of sizes. You get the little kitty one. He's given specific gifts to you that fit you. He has done that. He has done that. And I want to show you this in verse 8. The Apostle Paul, he's quoting from verse, or he's 
quoting from Psalm 68, which is pretty fascinating. He doesn't have copies of the Bible with him, so he's recalled some of this in his memory. So keep reading the Bible and put it to memory. But in verse 8, he says, Therefore, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men and women. The idea was that Jesus was crucified. He conquered sin and death by being raised from the dead. He appeared to over 500 people in a period of 40 days, and then he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. And when he did, he basically was saying, I'm the champ, I've defeated the enemy, I'm taking all the spoils, and I'm giving out gifts. I'm just giving out freebies to everyone. I'm giving out bobbleheads, I'm giving out fedoras that fit, I'm giving out spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? And he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. The idea is if Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the throne of God, it means that at some point he had descended. He had left his throne in heaven. The word became flesh and lived among us for a while. He was born in Bethlehem. He lives this sinless life before he goes to the cross to pay for our sins. And when he ascended, when he went up, he gave gifts. He gave gifts. What kind of gifts? Read along with me. Verse 11. Some of the gifts he gave. He gave the apostles. And he gave the prophets. The evangelists. The shepherds. The teachers. To equip the saints. Highlight those words. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The idea, he said, I'm going to give out gifts to equip every single one of these Jesus followers that they would do the work, that I would give a gift, but it's a gift that keeps on giving. I'm giving it to them so that they would do the work of the ministry. It wasn't just a couple people, but it was all believers, that they would do the work of ministry. Watch this, for the building up of the body of Christ, the church. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Till we all attain to the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature adulthood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children, infants, immature. Tossed back and forth by the waves. Carried about by every wind of teaching and doctrine. By human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Paul's saying this, that Jesus gives gifts to build his church. I want you to write this down and consider it with me. That Jesus gives gifts to build the church. And I'm not talking about this building. We just moved into it in 1964. It was here before us. He's not talking about a building. But he's talking about building a group of people who would grow closer to God, who would help others along the way. A group of people who would receive grace and grow in that grace and then extend that grace because the grace was meant to be a gift that keeps on giving. So grace has been given to every single one of us with the intent that God is going to build his church. He was going to take people who had no faith. We were all there at one point. 
we were all there at one point, to take people who had no faith, to bring them to a point where they would have saving faith. Some of you are there where you say, I have believed in Jesus. You have this saving faith. Then we go from there in our faith. Let's be honest, struggles at times. Sometimes we say we lose it. The idea is like, oh man, I, I just can't see right from wrong and left from right. And, and he's growing us. He's growing us to maturity. And this is what he's doing. He's building his church. God has put people in your life. This has been part of his grace to help you to go from no faith to saving faith. To go from saving faith, even though it's struggling at times, to a maturing faith. God has put people in your lives. If you're looking for something to be thankful for this week, consider the people who have invested into your life. Say, there was a time I had no faith in Jesus, and I do now. Because what happened is those people received from the grace of God and they extended the grace of God to you. Now you've been given this gift. What are you going to do with it? Hoard it or extend it? So that people would be able to say, oh, they, he, she, they, I was struggling in my faith and they extended grace. I had no faith and they helped me to come to know Jesus. I was immature in my faith and they helped me have a mature faith. Paul describes it this way in another letter. He says, each of us have a body. Okay, we all get this. He goes, we all have one body. That body has many parts to it. And those parts are, have all different functions. But they work together for the glory of the head. He says, in the same way, God has done this. He's given out different gifts so that the body would work together. All different kinds of gifts. But for the glory of the head, that is Jesus. Some of you have been gifted especially in serving. Guess what you're supposed to do with that? Serve. Some of you have been gifted especially in teaching. You're supposed to teach. Some of you, hey, you're getting this. Some of you have been especially gifted in leadership. You are to lead. Some of you have been especially gifted in encourage. You are to encourage. Some of you have been gifted to give. You are to. Some of you have been specially gifted to show mercy so you are to show mercy. He says, I, I've gifted you in all these different ways. Use your gifts. I'm equipping you. Go back to verse 13 with me, if you would. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature adulthood. He's been equipping us. He's been equipping us. How are you using the grace that he's given to you? Now, with Jesus, there's an endless amount of gifts, an endless variety of gifts. Paul says to this church, well, here are some, and here are some, and here are some. And fortunately for us, no one has them all, or we'd really worship one of us. But every single one of us has a task to perform, a gift to give. Every single one of you. Every single one of you. You have been given a gift that is to keep on giving. Receive and extend. If you haven't written down those words yet, write them down. Receive and extend. The reality is sometimes we want to receive and then hoard. But that's not what I want you to write down. Receive and extend. And Jesus gave you gifts to build his church. You're saying, me? Yeah, you. Listen, you have experiences that no one else in this room has. 
You have talents that other people don't have. You have abilities that, no, that other people don't have like you have. You've gone through certain difficulties that no one else has gone through. And God says, I, I poured out grace in your life so that you would equip. I, I've equipped you so that you would minister, so that you'd do the work of ministry. Because of that, we've heard of people with cancer. And when they get cancer, and that crushes us, that's no good. But we find out that they end up using that to minister to people who have cancer down the road later. We've seen that where people have lost a spouse through death. Guess who they get to minister to? People who have lost a spouse through death. We've seen this in, in a lot of situations. People who have addictions and say, this is killing me. And when they get healing and they grow in this, who do they end up serving? People who have addictions. God has given you certain experiences, certain gifts that I haven't been given. And he says, I want you to use those. Don't take that as miserable. Take that as God is going to use this. God is going to grow me. And God is going to let me extend this grace to others. Let me show you a passage. I want you to write it down. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Peter wrote it this way. As each has received a gift... Use it for yourself and hoard it completely. No, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Again, every single one of us has been given a gift. Use it to serve. Be good stewards. Be managers of that. God says, I've been blessing you so that you would bless others. I've given you this gift of grace in so many ways, and it is a gift that keeps on giving. It was never meant to stop with you. It wasn't. The idea is that we give his gifts to reinvest. Write down the word reinvest today. Because God has invested in you and me, and he intends us to reinvest our lives into others. Have you been taught something? Then teach that. Have you been encouraged? Then use that to encourage. Have you been comforted in a difficult situation? Then comfort. Have you been blessed? Then bless. You see, passing on the grace of God does a couple things. I'd like you to write down a few words here. Passing on the grace of God, it honors God does you want to figure out how to honor God simply pass along the grace that he has poured out to you secondly passing on the grace of God it glorifies him it makes him look good it makes him look good passing on the grace of God passing on the grace of God also builds the kingdom of God builds the kingdom of God because this grace that God gave to us it was a gift that was supposed to keep on giving. If you got breath in your lungs, you're supposed to continue the grace train. Passing on the grace of God, it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. And passing on the grace of God is an act of thanksgiving. 
this week, I'm not sure how you will celebrate Thanksgiving, what you will do, but if you make a list of some things you're thankful for, know this, that you can pass on the grace of God as an act of Thanksgiving. I've been around those dinner tables. Okay, what are you thankful for? I'm the clown at the table that tries to say something funny. But I thought, instead of just saying something, why don't I pass on the grace? Continue to pass it on. And I don't have to wait for Thursday. Today, pass on the grace. Pass on the blessing. Pass on the encouragement. Pass on the love. It's an act of thanksgiving to God. So I go back to this. Why has God poured into my life? Why has God poured into your life? Why? Why why is he doing this? He's building his kingdom. He's building his church. And I look around this room and I'm like, okay, there are a lot of hurting people in here. But I want you to know God is pouring out grace to you. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. That's grace. He's humbling you. That's grace. And he's doing this because he has the building of his kingdom, the building of his church in mind. So don't be discouraged. He says, I'm giving you grace. I'm going to help you hang in there today because maybe it's tomorrow that you're going to have the opportunity. I will providentially put someone in your life that you get to extend this grace. Why is God pouring into your life? Because he's developing in you a complete maturity. He's preparing you for all eternity. And he says, I've poured out this grace and it's going to be a gift that I keep giving to you and you keep passing on to others. And I keep giving to you and you keep passing on to others. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Well, with that, I want to talk a little bit about our special offering today. And I want you to dig out that white card I asked you to set aside Would you look at that real quickly with me, please? We're going to take our mission special offering today. And I I want to first say this. If you're a guest with us today, I do not want you to feel obligated to give. I don't want you to think, oh, man, I came during special offerings. Listen, you do not have to give today. I do want to say a special thank you, though, to my my church family here. Because, one, you are people who are growing closer to God. You are. You're pursuing him. And I just want to say thank you for that. You are receiving the grace of God, and you are extending the grace of God. And I want to say thank you. And I want to say thank you for giving to this offering. We have done this specific offering for 10 years. We have put our offering in this specific bucket for 10 years. And someday in all eternity, we will be able to hear how people in West Africa were able to receive clean water and hear about the gospel of Jesus and trust in him. We'll hear about a church and a school in West Africa, how they were blessed. We'll hear from our friends in Mexico in all eternity, how they were blessed, how they came to know the Lord. We will hear from people in our community who will say, I I received grace Enough grace to draw me back to church. Enough grace to let me step into a church building for the first time in a long time. I think we'll get together someday and say, actually what happened was God was opening my heart. God was growing my heart through all of this. So I just want to say thank you for being faithful givers over the past few years. Let me tell you a little what we're going to do. Grab this card. This card says this. Every single one of you, even if you're a 
first-time guest today. Look at this card with me. It says, as I receive the grace of God, I extend grace to others by. And some of you are going to mark this giving of myself in ways such as time, energy, and food to Christmas compassion. Some of you have already done that. Some of you will commit to do that. Go ahead and mark that if that's you. Some of you will receive and extend grace by giving of your finances to this mission special offering. If that's you, go ahead and mark that. But for every single one of us, even if you're a first-time guest today, I would hope that you would receive the grace of God and extend it by asking God to help me see the many ways he's shown grace to me. I'm marking that one as well. I'm marking all three. But I'm going to continue to ask, God, continue to show me the ways that you've been gracious to me. And it won't necessarily be in my bank account or in my pantry or in my driveway. But would you show me with spiritual eyes the many ways that you've poured out grace in my life? And so I'm going to ask God for that. And I ask that you would too. Here's our plan. After I pray, we're going to show a little video of where our monies are headed to. In our community, Mexico and Sierra Leone. And then after that video, the worship team is going to lead us in a couple of songs. During those songs, when we sing, I'm going to invite every single one of you to come up here. Drop your envelope in here. Go back to your seat. We'll finish by worshiping together today, and then I will come up and dismiss. But I'm going to ask that you pray with me, please, and then we'll watch this video. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's good to be mindful of your grace It's who you are. It's how you operate. It's how you equip. You equip us to pass on this gift. Every single one of us. And so God, I ask today for all of us that you would help us to again receive your grace. To understand our need for this. I I know in this room there is so much hurt And so I ask that you pour out your grace, your strength, your peace, all aspects of your grace to my brothers and sisters. And I ask then that you would, as we receive, that you would cause us to extend. Not just with food, not just with blankets, not just with a special offering, but that we would extend every good and perfect gift that you've given to us that you would make us extenders of the very same grace we've received. And so thank you. Thank you for your grace in our lives. We love you, and we commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking some time today to look into God's Word with us. Join us again next week as we continue to consider the glorious grace in which God has bestowed upon us.